Hello, welcome to the Faces of Food podcast. I'm Corby Kummer, sitting here recording live from the Eat Stockholm Food Forum 2019 with Lorna Maseko, yeah. a chef and culinary entrepreneur, better known as South Africa's culinary princess. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> welcome, we're excited to have you here. So I'll let you introduce yourself, and we wonder what brought you here today to the Eat Forum. I gather it's your first time in Stockholm. Yeah, it's my first time in Stockholm. So I was invited by Eat uh, through Paul and Chef's Manifesto to host a panel, um, and which was absolutely amazing. Uh, whenever you have food, chefs around, it's always fun. It's interactive. Um, there's lots of giggles and, and also insightful, which is the most important thing. Couldn't agree more. Um, since we don't know you, yes. you are from Alexandra, a section of Johannesburg. Yeah. And tell us about how you moved from ballet dancing, you were a professional ballet dancer. I was. Um, to food. Yeah. So I started ballet at the age of nine. Um, I literally knew absolutely nothing about it. We had a choice between karate and ballet at school and I chose ballet because karate wasn't a thing I was going to do. Being punched in the face was not my cup of tea. <laughs> you know, well, that's what I thought karate was anyway. But um, and sure. So it was kind of a journey for my family and I because none of us knew what it was or what it was about. And I got to travel around the world and got to represent South Africa and different platforms around the world. So going to like the Prix de Luzon in Switzerland for the first time was amazing. Going to Amsterdam to, I think they have like a dance festival there, like a massive one. I don't know if they still have it now. Um, doing that and then then going into the professional space and joining the South African Ballet Theatre, which is now the Joburg Ballet, becoming a soloist and being the first black ballet dancer um, to do a lead role and still am, I think, which is a bit sad, but... I think they're growing younger black girls to to pursue the art form, so which is super exciting. And I think when I left ballet, I was like, oh, I hate this. I can't stand it. But when I look back, I'm really grateful for the discipline, the, the sense of like it gives you this perseverance that you learn from a young age that um, you kind of take through to your older years, which is fantastic. So then I started like my own business and then went into television, I guess. Um, but the whole idea of using that discipline and that perseverance Perseverance, which dance and any athletics really teaches you. Yeah. And being able to say, okay, I've done with dance and now I'm going to find another career. Yeah. That's not something every athlete or dancer knows how to do. So what impelled you and why food? I've always loved, I think for me, it's more about hosting and it's about people coming together and enjoying food together. It's a celebration of, you know, when I think food, I see people like reaching out and grabbing something, someone passing something to somebody else, another person cracking a joke. And, you know, that's, that's how I see food. And so I've always loved hosting people in my home. And so food comes with that. And I guess but it also comes with eating and eating isn't something dancers are supposed to do. Tell me I've, I'm, making it up for all those years <laughs> i'm making it up for all those years i was just having like tuna and like a dollop of mayonnaise you know and what are you having now for example what on an, a typical morning in johannesburg will will do you allow yourself breakfast what, what about uh, breakfast and lunch i'm not i'm not a good breakfast person i'm a big coffee person in the morning uh -huh. yeah good big coffee person in the morning lunchtime i would generally do i love a good caesar salad on the, those on the, on the good days. <laughs> and on the bad days? Oh, should I even say it? Yes. Or a burger Ooh. with extra cheese and extra mayonnaise. But you'll go out and get that. Not yeah, yeah. something you, you don't eat lunch in. No, 
No, I don't eat lunch. And the cooking inspiration, where do you find your recipes? Where do you get them? And and how much does looks drive them? Oh, everywhere. I think I'm so inspired by what people are doing. I love trying out new things. I loved the Food Forever uh, dinner we had and just using plant-based food and allowing my palate to be awakened and and just kind of like trying to being introduced to like different things that my palate didn't even know and that like inspires me to want to do something else and that's what I love about food as well I'm like a a silly example is I'm not a big fan of beans at all and Chef Ali did this like really beautiful dish with are they called turtle beans yeah the turtle beans and they were just delicious and I was like I'm gonna make this and I've never been a fan of beans I absolutely hate them actually to be honest (laughs) and so I was like that was really, really interesting. And, um, and I, and I love that. I love my palate being introduced to new things that inspire me to then bring it back to my kitchen and, and cook it and make it easy. Cause essentially, um, I think they're different kinds of chefs. It's funny. I had a meeting with another lady and she was like, Oh, you know, home chefs are da da da. And I was like, well, I like that. That's kind of interesting to have a home chef as opposed to a home cook. But are you a home chef? Did you train? Was your mother a good cook? Where does any of the chefdom come from? I wish I had like a really cool story like, oh, my grandmother was like this amazing cook. I don't have one. So I went to chef school for all of two months and I hated it. (laughs) But did you like cooking? I loved cooking and so I stopped and I decided that I was just going to like teach myself through like videos and um, I love eating out and just like a trial and error type thing. I guess that's what ballet is about as well. I think it comes from that kind of um, that background. No one teaches you. So I can tell you the principles of doing a pirouette, but it's about doing it over and over again that you perfect it. And how much is based on South Africa and the yeah. dishes that you grew up there? Because it sounds like you're a very international person. Yeah, I might, I think my palate is very international. I don't know. If, I hope that doesn't sound too arrogant. <laughs> I put that word into your mouth. Don't oh, thank worry. you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think my palate is very diverse. I don't think it's it's very South African. I don't think it's very international. I think because I travel so much, because I, you know, I'm also a presenter on a show called Top Billing Back Home, um, and I get to interview like tons of chefs. I get to travel around the world eating different things. There's no ways that my palate would just be South. African when I've been introduced to like food from everywhere around the world essentially so except I haven't gone to Peru yet and I need, to, I need Peru to is like son. Mecca we have to go to Peru listen uh, so, so okay that we're going to be planning our trip as soon as the podcast is over um, but you mentioned having a burger as your kind of guilty secret yeah. and your guilty and can I tell you a funny thing about that burger story Oh gosh, life is so weird. It like comes full circle. So when I did the Prix de Luzon, which is a ballet competition in Switzerland in Luzon, we didn't get very far because it was like our first time overseas and we were like, couldn't believe like we, you know, there was like McDonald's and we, you know, South Africa didn't have like that kind of stuff. We had a McDonald's, but it wasn't like really. It didn't have all the cool stuff the one in Switzerland had. Lucky you. <laughs> and then what happened was we got eliminated from the competition. And so we sat and had like burgers and milkshakes. So maybe that's like why if I'm having like a cheat day, that's my go-to. But how much is meat part of your diet? And do, when you're going all over the world yep. looking at other chefs, do you find that they're using less meat? Or, or am I just putting that idea and hoping that you're going to say yes? What, what is the meat consumption I, you're I, looking at? I think people are 
experimenting with other things because of obviously the obvious reasons. But also what I love is that the chefs that I'm around are, are all about sustainable food, about seasonal food. Um, and also people get tired. Like imagine if you just ate meat all the time, like, you know. <laughs> and do people talk about climate? And is it something you ever feel you could discuss on your show as a presenter? I think it would be about finding an interesting way that would be translated to the market I speak to. I don't think if I dropped it in a scientific way, which I wouldn't even understand personally myself, mm -hmm. that it would, it would translate. Um, it, it goes with every brand that I work with. I like to make sure that whatever I say is, is in an authentic manner. And I believe in it as well. Um, I'm not going to sell you vegan food if I'm not eating it or if I don't believe in like meat free Mondays which I've kind of started on my Instagram page even though it's always like but where's the meat because South Africans are big meat eaters ah like, are like, they and how much massive. Are, and how how many times a week do you eat meat Probably about four times a week. I love like raw food. When I say meat, I'm, t I'm talking about like red meat. South Africans love red meat. And also like I've, like I've been saying as well, like, you know, in some, some of the poorest places in South Africa, people they don't eat meat and they only eat it once a week because it's like a luxury. And so to try and then convince people to say don't eat meat all the time, it's like, uh... Is it like saying, look like you're poor? And yeah. Is that the problem? Yeah. That people don't want to look like they're poor? Not even look like. They, there's some poor people in South Africa that don't eat meat because it's a luxury. It's not, it's not about whether that, you know, it's, of not, course. it's, not, it's not a choice. <laughs> but when you have um, kind of your own audience, yeah. how would they take to a message to eat less meat? Um. Well, if I describe like my Instagram page, for example, I was saying to Chef Tom the other day, we'll even take out my phone so we can do it properly. So when I take out, when I post a picture, here's one that I did with, I think like mushrooms and rice. And I said, oh, it's meat free Monday. Cause this one wasn't that bad. It had 5,000 likes. It had uh, reached 77,000 people. And it had 120,000 impressions, right? That's not good at all. 120,000 is nothing for you. I'm going to tell, I'm going to show you something else. And then it had 85 comments, right? That's a meat free day. Okay. Another one has, it had 2,833 likes and that's because it actually looked very vegetarian because mushrooms do have that meaty kind of, of look. Um, so that only reached 50,000 people, 84,000 impressions. And then I'm going to show you another picture of a lamb stew that I did. Yeah. Right? That was almost 15,000 likes, 162, uh, sorry, 263,000 impressions. And so obviously you're up against this. People love meat. They want to look at yeah. meat. That's what they're interested yeah, in. Yeah. And the comments as well 323. 323 comments. That's a lot for a food picture. And so do you feel that it's something necessary for your audience 
And what about, you know, young people? Do you, yeah. Are you aware of any kind of segregation between certainly people who grew up with this idea? Yeah. If you're affluent, you will have meat. This is what you want to aspire to. Do you think that's changing now that young people don't need that to show that they've kind of arrived? Yeah, I think it is slowly, but it definitely is. I think the best you can do is just make people aware. It's about introducing. It's about saying Meat Free Monday and saying just one day of the week you don't have to have meat. Do you know what I mean? Just one, it's, it's the same thing as saying you don't have to go to gym every single day, but it's just taking a walk or increasing your footprint or, you know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's those little things that you start kind of like introducing to people and then changing your society from there. But I don't think it's like these massive, like, Oh, change, <laughs> you know, it's those little like small steps personally that I think then lead to an entire community changing. And if you've been, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to any of the panels here at, at Eat. I'll, I'll admit that aside from the ones I was on, I haven't had <laughs> enough of a chance to listen. Yeah. And that might have been the case with you. But do the ideas resonate as far as what you think that people in South Africa would listen to or would want to do? Or how much do you think, not there yet, or this doesn't seem like home? Um, I think certain things uh, don't seem like home. Um, I think like Michael said, sadly, I'm only going to start listening to stuff after this, but it's different in every country. And I think you have to then translate it on how is it going to work in your country? Because some of the stuff definitely wouldn't work in South Africa. It's just humanly impossible. No, it's not impossible. I don't like the word impossible. It's just it might take a bit longer. Aside from just straight dietary yeah. advice, it's thinking in terms of what grows in my region yeah, and what's best for agriculture in, in my own country. And yeah. So much of what we see when we go down the streets of for me, an American going down the streets in a European city, it's much more aware. It's woke, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, much more aware of the impact that climate has on what's being served there. And they'll try to advertise yeah. things as being kind of right-minded and good for the climate. I don't know if that's arrived yet at all in Johannesburg. Yes. I mean, they're interesting ways. So one of the shows that I do is top bidding and we feature people's homes. And I remember the one home, which was in Maboneng precinct, which is Joburg CBD essentially. And they're trying to make it more urban and it's kind of cool. All the cool kids go there. Um, they had like this entire wall the way they planted their vegetables because obviously they don't have, they don't have space or garden or whatever. So it's, you know, urban living. And I thought like that was really, really clever and you could do that. But if you think about like rural places, in South Africa, most of them farm regardless anyway, because that is their food, that is their sustainability, that is their, you know, yeah, I think definitely would depend per city, I think would depend per country. You know, like I live in, I guess, in morning in Santon. And so for me, it would be perhaps having like a little box where I've planted some of my, because I do have got a garden, but it's not like, it's not land, <laughs> you know, it's not like vast land. And yet in the rural places, they have vast land. And so that vast land will have corn, will have spinach, will have um, tomatoes, will have, you know, chickens or, you know, a herd or whatever. And that that is what they live off. 
milk, and, is, and that's where they get their milk. Is there still much of a tie between family in the country that's farming and people in the city? Do you think that tie, people are aware of it? Oh, this is what my family would eat, so when I see it in the market, I'm going to buy that too. If you were from a village, you wouldn't want to eat, I think. I don't know, because I, I, I grew up in the city, right? So it's very hard. But from what I've heard some of my friends say is that if you've grown up in the rural areas, chances are you won't be wanting to eat what you had there because it's almost seen like you didn't have enough, enough, you know? And so you would want to have, I don't know, if you like caviar, perhaps you wanted to have caviar. Or you don't want to look like you wanted that kind of food but then there's a bit of you that because you from a tr that traditional space where you'll crave like um you know like i guess tripe which is very popular in south africa or you'd crave pap which is maize essentially which is a big um what people eat all the time in south africa do you know what i mean as opposed to wanting brown rice and grains and chickpeas and uh, but will you make pop? Is that something you'll make at home or yeah. ever demonstrate? Absolutely. We have a thing called Seven Colors Back Home, um, which was, I think it was started because from the pre-apartheid era where um, it would be the one time you could have as much food as you could. And so it's like a plate of food with seven different colors. So it'd be like beetroot with coleslaw, with meat and rice and potatoes and you know, so, but it's it's a thing. So you would have, generally, you would have pop in that because it's not too bad for you. And what, when you see people making it and trying it, makes you cheer because you're so excited that they're trying a new kind of food? And then what makes you cheer? It sounds like you're very international, so you love trying some food that you just saw in another country. I love seeing people try out different things. I love seeing people happy when they eat. You know, there's this a certain joy that I I feel like, you know, it brings me, I guess, seeing people just enjoy food around the table. Um, but I think, I think that the biggest thing for me is just being a lot more aware and not being so oblivious about the reality of what's happening. I think things like eat forum have you know so my brain is now clicked on do you know what i mean to certain things it's it's awake it's if i'm now going to go buy food at the market i'm going to be wiser in that rather go to a local farmer and buy this as opposed to you know i'm i'm clicked on i'm on which is good and so meaning that even when i translate it to my followers or to whoever i chat to my speak is a little bit different and i think those are the important things it's those little things that that you're switched on that help you then change and then that inevitably should then kind of have a ripple effect so if the eat forum has convinced you to click on then it will have done its job so yeah. thank you very much lorna maseko thank you thank you so much for having me